This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Welcome to Voices of the Walrus on AMI-audio, where professional readers give voice to articles from Canada's best general interest magazine. I'm your host, Roger Ashby. Physicians trained abroad have long struggled to find work in Canada. COVID-19 was supposed to have changed that. Norma Wick reads Doctors with Borders by Jagdish Mann. Jagdish Mann is a Vancouver-based entrepreneur and a founding partner of the Asian Pacific Post, a Jack Webster award-winning publication. His work has been published by the Toronto Star, the Georgia Strait, the Globe and Mail, the CBC, and Canada Land. I'm Norma Wick. This is an article titled, Doctors with Borders, by Jagdish Mann. At the start of 2020, Suvash Pokhral was in danger of becoming a cliché. The 38-year-old had worked as an internal medicine specialist in Nepal, but since becoming a Canadian permanent resident in 2018, he hadn't been able to practice medicine. Instead, the physician spent his days taking online courses so he could stay abreast of developments in his field and caring for his kids. The difficulty of practicing medicine in Canada as a doctor trained outside the country is well known. Pokrell was luckier than many others in his position. He was eligible for a loan to cover the thousands of dollars needed to take his two recertification exams. But that's just one step. The relicensing process for international medical graduates, or IMGs, involves verifying one's medical degree and previous practical experience, passing a language proficiency test, and completing a Canadian medical residency or practicum. According to one researcher, all this can take up to a decade to complete, and accounting for factors like textbooks, commuting, and the study time that could have been spent earning income can cost as much as $28,000. In Canada, there are thousands of IMGs who will never practice here. Worse still, some international graduates have had their immigration applications expedited precisely because, as doctors, they qualify for Canadian immigration streams designed for skilled workers, but now find their careers stalled. Often, the biggest barrier is securing the required residency because few spots are allocated to IMGs. Vahid Nilfarushan, for example, an anesthesiologist who trained in Iran but now lives in Vancouver, said his application for a residency was denied several times between 2010 and 2016, and he eventually gave up trying to get relicensed. Around half of the roughly 1,000 doctors who immigrate to Canada every year eventually abandoned their medical careers. Last spring, it seemed like these inveterate difficulties faced by IMGs would finally ease. The pandemic brought with it the fear that hospitals might become short-staffed, and provincial governments realized they needed more hands on deck. Both BC and Ontario announced they would be issuing temporary licenses for IMGs to practice under the supervision of other physicians. IMGs would no longer need to have completed a Canadian residency, but only to have passed their Canadian medical exams or graduated from medical school in the past two years to participate. Pokrell looked forward to working in medicine again. I have the skills to help, so I just want to do something, he said. It took a pandemic to offer a glimmer of hope that professionals like him might finally be able to practice again and fill the widening gaps in Canada's healthcare system. It should have been easy for a doctor like Pokrell to find work in Canada. Approximately 5 million people in the country 
do not have a regular family doctor, and hospital wait times continue to grow. A 2018 study by the Fraser Institute found that Canada has fewer physicians per capita than comparable nations, 2.7 per 1,000 people, ranking 26 in the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, OECD. The average is 3.4. And, even though the number of doctors has been slowly increasing over the past several years, Canada is still dotted with health deserts, where access to family physicians and specialists is slim. Pokrell expected there to be plenty of opportunities, but in order to be approved for Ontario's 30-day license, there was a stipulation. Applicants must have secured a position at a hospital, psychiatric facility, or Crown agency. In his enthusiasm, he rang up human resources at the Queensway Carleton Hospital and the University of Ottawa Hospitals. According to Pokrell, each facility he asked told him there wasn't any openings for IMGs and that staff shortages due to the pandemic would be filled by retired physicians and fourth-year medical students. The University of Ottawa did not respond to a request for comment on this story, but the Queensway Carleton Hospital confirmed it did not hire physicians under the short-term licenses. Last July, Reuters reported that Ontario had licensed only about two dozen IMGs in the past four months, a negligible sum in a province with 31,500 practicing physicians. British Columbia had licensed zero. For many IMGs, the greatest obstacle to practicing medicine, even in non-pandemic times, has been securing a residency through the Canadian Resident Matching Service, CARMS. Graduates or students from Canadian medical schools and IMGs rank their preferences of residencies, while hospitals rank their ideal candidates. A match is made if both candidate and hospital choose each other, similar to a dating app. The system does not give these two groups equal opportunities. For every seven residencies allocated to Canadian graduates, it gives one to IMGs, though there are fewer IMG applicants. For some specialties, competition is incredibly fierce. Last year, there were 124 anesthesiologist residency positions in the country, of which only nine were designated for IMGs. None of these were in B.C., where Neil Ferushin currently resides. The process is designed to ensure that Canadian graduates are able to secure placements. Last year, 99% of Canadian medical graduates were matched. Of the spots that did go to IMGs, the lion's share went to doctors from Europe. CARM's data reveals that 52% of IMG applicants from European countries successfully matched with residencies in 2020, while only 15% from Asia and 15% from Africa matched. This seeming favoritism also allows some candidates to bypass the residency system altogether. Family doctors and specialists licensed to work in select countries, including Australia, New Zealand, South Africa and Singapore, can be granted provisional licenses, after a training assessment, to practice medicine in Canada on the basis of their previous experience abroad. This process in turn provides a pathway to a full license. Meanwhile, the already limited number of residency spots granted to IMGs has declined since 2013. According to a document by the Canadian Federation of Medical Students, Provincial and Territorial Ministries of Health determine the total number of residency positions available, the specialties in which they are available, and the proportion open to CMGs, 
Canadian medical graduates, versus IMGs. But attempting to understand how exactly quotas are calculated each year in B.C., for example, proved to be Kafkaesque. Starting from the College of Physicians and Surgeons of B.C., I was redirected to CARMS and the University of British Columbia, then to the Association of Faculties of Medicine of Canada, and finally to B.C.'s Ministry of Health. Stephen May, a senior public affairs officer with the ministry, stated that when it comes to IMGs, B.C. has supported and implemented a number of revisions to reduce barriers over recent years. He referred to the UBC medical program significantly increasing its number of IMG residency seats from 6 to 58 as an example. In contrast, Canadian and American medical graduates in BC have access to 288 residency seats. But there still wasn't any clear answer on how the allocation for Canadian graduates versus IMGs is determined. Canada has lagged behind other Western countries when it comes to working with internationally trained doctors. According to a paper published by the University of Calgary's Robert Falconer, the UK Health Secretary recently promised to try to advance the qualification of refugee healthcare professionals. Meanwhile, the Irish Medical Council has turned to its medically trained refugees and asylum seekers for support during the pandemic. In the early stages of COVID-19, New York State issued directives allowing foreign-trained doctors to provide patient care. Licensing more IMGs could address Canada's chronic doctor shortages, as well as its aging physician population. By 2026, 20% of Canada's doctors will be 65 or older, according to the Canadian Medical Association. This policy move could also be key to better serving the country's diverse population. One study found that patients with a chronic disease and limited English were more likely to return to the emergency room or be readmitted to a hospital because discharge instructions were unclear. While medical graduates are certainly diverse, second-generation Canadians are less likely to speak as many languages as their first-generation counterparts. Despite the many problems, Canada's healthcare system has shown that changing how it integrates IMGs is possible. An alternative pathway to licensing, called the practice-ready assessment, is becoming an increasingly popular means for foreign doctors to relaunch their careers. PRAs make it possible to bypass the residency bottleneck by allowing physicians, particularly family doctors, who have completed their residencies and practiced independently abroad, to be tested through a supervised three-month assessment. If a candidate is successful, they are assigned to work in an underserviced rural area via a two- to four-year return-of-service contract. The program is now offered by seven provinces. Saskatchewan's PRA program is a significant source of physicians to its farming communities. Today, approximately 50% of the province's licensed doctors are IMGs. Expanding the PRA program to all provinces, especially Ontario, could be game-changing. Any recommendation that is serious about minimizing the so-called brain waste of Canada's IMGs will also require changes to our two-tier residency system. For experts like Falconer, who has written and spoken extensively on the issue, a substantive fix to the current system would be increasing the number of residency spots in the IMG pool to match the number offered to Canadian graduates. We should just make them equal at 3,000 seats each, he said. It's a bold recommendation that could affect several parts of our healthcare system. But it could catapult Canada's ratio of doctors per capita 
to being on par with leading OECD countries. Acting now could be crucial. Canada isn't guaranteed to remain a coveted destination for IMGs. Recently, the UK government introduced a new pathway to licensing for IMGs who have passed their Canadian medical exams. Pokrell is exploring this new UK pathway. He's also studying for his US exams. The system here is unwelcoming, he said. We have fulfilled all the criteria, so why are there barriers to recruiting us into the field? That was an article titled Doctors with Borders by Jagdish Mann. I'm Norma Wick. You've been listening to Voices of the Walrus on AMI-audio, produced by Don Dickinson, audio engineering by Sam Robinson and Bill Shackleton. The manager of AMI-audio was Andy Frank, and I'm your host, Roger Ashby. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider giving us a rating and review and subscribe for more. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.